Mets outfielder DJ Stewart is turning heads, coming off a great series this week against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Could he actually stick around beyond 2023? We'll discuss that on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. The Mets won a series on Wednesday in the first segment today. I will discuss a nice win and really DJ Stewart's role in it as he had a breakout game where Put his name on the map. Uh, so I want to talk about that. And then in the second segment, go a little bit more into his background if you're not aware where Stewart came from and if there's a chance he can stick with the Mets beyond 2023. Then, final segment, talk about the Mets versus the Cardinals and potentially, more likely, the last time the Mets ever had to face Adam Wainwright, um, what that could look like, and then we'll take a little trip around the minor league affiliates. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today, we're going to lead off with a game recap, because guess what? The Mets won a series, but really, there's a story that came out of this game that's actually a feel-good one that maybe means something to this franchise moving forward. And that is the breakout of DJ Stewart. Now, this does not mean that because of one two-home run game, suddenly DJ Stewart is the starting right fielder for the New York Mets moving forward. But when you look at a team with the Rafael Ortegas of the world, Danny Mendick, Jonathan Aruz, there's a lot of guys that are playing baseball right now that you don't expect to be long-term fixtures with the Mets or even guys that wear a Mets uniform beyond this season. Guys that are just, you know, eating innings for the Mets in a lost year. DJ Stewart is a tier above all those guys. Whether he's going to be a part of the 2024 Mets or not, which we will discuss in the next segment, he certainly looks like a big leaguer. He looks like a guy that could have a couple more years of big league service time ahead of him where he can go out and get some major league checks. And as he talked about the game, buy a lot of diapers for his daughter, as he said, Diapers are expensive. That's what keeps him going. He's had a rough time over the last couple of years dealing with injuries, and he's really having a nice year overall at the Mets. He was good in Syracuse, and now he's putting up some good at-bats with the big league club. But really, he was the reason they won this game and this series. He was great, and and it was a, a just nice day Mets baseball game. For what should I go? It's a good watch. You can see your team go out and win, and I know there's – starting to be contingent of Mets fans that are rooting for losses that are looking at the lottery. And the pirates are a team that now is ahead of them in the lottery. But for me, I feel like that stuff's going to handle itself. I just like watching the Mets win baseball games. And I like watching a starting pitcher, not be completely awful. And while I don't believe that Tyler McGill has suddenly turned a corner instead, I think he was just playing a bad team, but 
Hey, he got through five innings. And for that, you deserve a steak dinner at this point. He gave up two runs. Um, it was a two-run homer. Five hits allowed. Walked four. So it wasn't pretty. But he got through it. And thank you to the Pirates for allowing him to do that. Uh, DJ Stewart hit his first home run to get the Mets on the board in the second inning, a solo shot. The Mets actually scored a couple more runs that inning as Omar Nervais doubled. Rafael Ortega and Brandon Nimmo each drew walks. And then Francisco Lindor drove in a pair with a bases-loaded RBI single. The 3-0 Mets lead would hold for a very short time. I mean, the lead held, but that wide lead was shortened quickly as Tyler McGill gave up that two-run homer uh, in the following inning. But... The Mets got a run back on a Brandon Nimmo single. They were up 4-2. to two, And then DJ Stewart did something on the defensive side for the Mets. The Pirates had a man on first. Uh, it was Andrew McCutcheon. Jack Sawinski hit a double into the corner. And DJ Stewart executed a perfect relay throw to Jeff McNeil, who made an even better throw home to gun down McCutcheon at the plate and get McGill out of that inning and out of the game. And then bottom half of the fifth, Stewart comes up hits another home run. And the thing about these home runs from DJ Stewart, they aren't just wall scrapers. He's hitting bombs. He's hitting the ball with authority. And it really makes you wonder if there's some staying power here. Now, look at the rest of the game. Not that it matters too much. Phil Bickford gave up a run in the sixth. The Mets end up getting a couple back in the seventh. Pete Alonso hits his 36th home run of the season. And then Rafael Ortega has an RBI single. The Mets end up winning the game 8-3. to But again, the big story of the day is Stewart, a guy that obviously had a great game. And when you have one great game, you've only played 25 games in the season, your numbers are going to shoot through the roof. But still, this is a man that hit 16 home runs and 51 games in Syracuse and now has four in the big leagues. And he looks the part. He looks athletic enough. He can play a corner spot in the outfield. And I think when you just try to zoom out a bit and think about the Mets next year and guys that you want to keep around and you're watching this team play right now. It really comes down to this for me. If you could tender a contract to one of these two guys, who are you picking going into next year? Would you rather see DJ Stewart back or Daniel Vogelback back? Because Vogelback, you could keep him, You could tender him a contract, bring him on back down and go through another year where he clogs up your DH spot and he's, a great guy in the clubhouse, but a guy who doesn't play a position that can't hit left-handed pitching. DJ Stewart at least can play a spot in the outfield. He is certainly more athletic, and the power to me looks better than that of Ogleback. And guess what? Stewart walks a lot too. So when I look at the 2024 Mets, I'm starting to see a future where DJ Stewart could be a fourth outfielder for this team. And while it's not the biggest thing to find in the world, um, in these final six, seven weeks of baseball, it's not nothing. And I want to talk about where Stewart came from a little bit more, get you some more details on his background if you're not aware of how he got to the Mets and what he did prior. And you know if there is actually something here that the Mets have found, because guess what? Sometimes there are guys that you stumble upon that end up having a pretty nice impact for your franchise for a couple of years, and maybe they found something here with Stewart. So we're going to Discuss all of that in a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth 
visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol uses physician-formulated natural science-based ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz to identify the causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of your thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. And for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair by going to Nutrafol.com slash men. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men. That's your promo code LOCKEDONMLB. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code LOCKEDONMLB. The New York Mets play the St. Louis Cardinals tonight at 7.15 Eastern Time. Catch every pitch in the Mets' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, I want to give you a little more background on DJ Stewart for those of you who aren't aware about where he was drafted or his playing career up to the point where now he is with the New York Mets. He was a first-round pick back in 2015 by the Baltimore Orioles. There is a connection there with Buck Walter. In his last season at Florida State before getting drafted, DJ Stewart hit 318. He got on base at a 500 clip and he slugged at a 594 clip with 15 home runs and 12 stolen bases and 59 RBIs in 64 games. He ended up making his MLB debut in 2018, playing 17 games down the stretch for Buck Showalter before he was let go by the Orioles. He posted an 890 OPS in those first 47 plate appearances. Now, 2019, he was up and down. 44 games in the big leagues. He only had a 698 OPS, but in 63 games in AAA, fared much better. Hit 291, 396 on base, 548 slug, 12 home runs, 19 doubles. 2020, he played about half of the 60-game season for the Orioles, played in 31 games, had an 809 OPS, so he was pretty solid. 2021 was his one real full year in the big leagues. 100 games played, he hit 204, had a 324 on base, 374 slug, 698 OPS, 12 home runs, 10 doubles, 33 RBIs, and 318 plate appearances. Now, last year he was hurt. He only played three games with the Orioles, five games rehabbing in the Florida Complex League, and then 29 games in AAA, where he did have an 870 OPS. This year, there's been some injuries too, and he spoke about those a bit after the game today. But in 51 games in Syracuse, as I already mentioned, he had 16 home runs. He hit 229, 362 on base. 516 slug. And the big thing for me is the plate discipline. He walked 15.3% of the time, struck out 20.1% of the time. With the Mets this year, he's walked 12.3% of the time, struck out 24.6% of the time. Small sample size is 25 games played, but the numbers are solid right now. He's hitting 234, uh, 339 on base, 532 slug, 
Got the OPS in the high 800s. That's really good. And his WRC plus is 137. Now that again measures hitters based on a league average of 100. So he's 37% better than your league average hitter. That's an amazing number, and it is largely ballooned by a two-home run game because he went into the day with a 104 WRC+. plus. But you hit two home runs, and you're just barely over 50 plate appearances on the season. He's at, what is it, 57 right now? Yeah, that's going to really, really juice the stats. But you look at his career in the big leagues. He's now played 219 big league games, 679, or I guess 220. You add in today. So you add in today, change the numbers. This is before today, if you look at fan graphs, to comprise his whole big league career. It was 219 games played, 675 played appearances. He's hit 212, 327 on base, 400 slug. So that's a 727 OPS. That's not bad. His WRC plus at 99, about a league average hitter. He's walked in 13.2% of his big league plate appearances, struck out 26.8% of the time. So that's his whole big league career. That is the full season in 2021. That's you know parts of 2018, 2019, 2020, and then what he's done in the small sample size this year. This is a guy that you know, still hasn't really gotten his feet wet and really established himself as a big leaguer, but he is a former first-round pick who clearly has talent. I mean, you watch him play, and you think, all right, there is something here. He also tore the cover off the ball in spring training, too, I might add. I think the Mets might have something here in DJ Stewart. It's not to say, okay, I'm swayed by a single game. But I do think if he can stay healthy down the stretch, I want him in the lineup every single day over Rafael Ortega, over Danny Mendick. I know they don't all play the same positions, but my larger point is get DJ Stewart in there. Let him face lefties. Let's just see. Because if you look at the Mets 40-man roster heading into next year, I could see him on it. I really could. And, and I mentioned the Daniel Vogelback, um, not comparison, but just the thought exercise. If you go into next season, you have to tender one of them a contract. Who do you tender? Like DJ Stewart, to me, seems like a, a much more valuable player to a roster off the bench. I would hope that neither of those guys is penciled into a starting lineup on opening day. And if they are, the Mets got some issues. But you go into next season, you think about the outfielders come opening day. Starling Marte, assuming he gets healthy and you hope he's more like the 2022 version of himself, he's going to be the starting right fielder. Brandon Nimmo is going to be the starting center fielder. Left fielder's now a gaping hole. You know, Mark Hanna, if he had stuck around, they didn't trade him, maybe the Mets would have picked up his club option. He's gone. We'll see. Maybe the Brewers don't, and you can reunite with Canna in free agency. Even then, I don't know if fans would be necessarily happy with Mark Hanna being the opening day left fielder. Now, the question would be, how do the young players factor in? At this point, unless something changes drastically over the next you know, six and a half weeks, whatever it is in the season, I don't think it's Brett Beatty or Ronnie Mauricio that's penciled into that spot. Can those guys win jobs and win playing time in spring training? Yes, and are the Mets the type of team that would leave that door open uh, for one of those guys to, to grab some spots in spring training, um, to grab some at-bats. I think there's a chance that they are that team that's maybe not as all-in in free agency as they've been in years past, but I still think they're going to add a pretty significant outfielder to start next year. 
in free agency. I, I imagine someone's going to get added, but are they going to add two guys? Maybe. I don't know. I could see them going into next season with DJ Stewart as the fourth outfielder. Um, and, you know, you, you basically just see exactly how the season plays out. Stewart could be with him the whole year. We could start on the opening day roster and, you know, who knows? Maybe Drew Gilbert finds his way up to the big leagues at some point next season. Maybe Luis Angel Acuna finds his way up and he's playing some outfield. We have no idea what the 2024 Mets are going to look like. It is way too early to be really thinking about the opening day roster next year. But from what I've seen in a short sample size, of all the guys you're going to watch play baseball down the stretch here, DJ Stewart is one to have your eye trained to a little bit more because there is a chance here that the Mets have found a guy that can be in their outfield rotation for the next couple of seasons. You have control of him if you want it up until 2027. You have three arbitration years if you want them. You want to tender him a contract. That is on the table for the Mets. And again, based on the fact that he's a former first-round pick who's put up you know pretty good numbers throughout his minor league career, who has been about a league average hitter when he's been at the big league level, I think the Mets could probably do a lot worse than DJ Stewart moving forward. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if he can keep this up and have a nice little finish to the season for the Mets and maybe earn himself a job next year. So uh, we'll, we'll see, um, you know, what it looks like, but he's definitely the story of the day. And it finally gave us something positive to talk about on the big league diamond, which we just haven't had in a long time. Now the question is, can the New York Mets leave a great final impression on Adam Wainwright because this will likely be the last time you ever have to watch Adam Wainwright pitch against the New York Mets in their series against the Cardinals this weekend. Well, really, this game will be on Thursday. And I want to preview that matchup a little bit and also take a trip around the minor league affiliate. So we're going to do all of that just a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper's now offering up to 100 times payout for their eight-pick contest, where you can choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big. There's built-in group chat functionality on Sleeper, where you can see and copy your group's picks with the tap of a button. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. And they're safe and fast withdrawals. So if you want to get in on the actual sleeper, use the promo code locked on. You'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out sleeper today. The New York Mets play the St. Louis Cardinals 7:15 Eastern Time tonight. Catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, if you're going to watch one game in this series against the Cardinals, it's tonight's matchup. It's Jose Quintana pitching against the team that he finished last year with versus Adam Wainwright. And this year, Adam Wainwright has been an absolute disaster. Probably should not have come back 
first age 41 season. The velocity has been down and he has just looked awful. Last year, he was great. Pitched with 371 ERA across 32 starts, racked up 191 and two third innings pitched. This year in 15 starts, he's got an 878 ERA in 66 and two third innings. He is three and seven. He's one of the reasons why the Cardinals have been so bad this year. And you look at his last three starts. Gets the Cubs on July 29th. Got through six innings. Gave up four earned. Uh, August 4th against the Rockies. Gave up seven earned on nine hits. Pitched only three innings. Last start out against the Kansas City Royals. Adam Wainwright in one inning. Gave up nine hits. And eight earned runs. No walks. No strikeouts. Woof. We all know Adam Wainwright's history with the Mets. I don't need to get into it, but uh, 20, uh, 20, geez, 2006 NLCS, a young Wainwright did something that we all like to forget. Now, here we are. How many years later is that? Jeez, 2006, is it 17 years later? And he's clearly on his last legs. Finishing off what has been a great big league career. And now he gets the pitch against this Mets team. The Royals can knock him up for eight earned. You'd hope the Mets could beat up Adam Wainwright. And honestly, I just don't know. It's actually the Fox game. Why are the Mets playing so many national games? I guess you went into the season thinking, oh, middle of August, Mets Cardinals. That'll be a great matchup. But, man, I don't know. It's going to be uh, interesting, to, to say the least. You would think the Mets should win that game, but I am just fascinated to enjoy it either way, to either enjoy the Mets beating up Adam Wainwright on his way out or for Adam Wainwright to embarrass the Mets, and I just get to laugh because it's better to laugh than cry. Uh, so we'll see how that one shakes out. The rest of the series – um, we don't know who's going to pitch on Friday against Zach Thompson for the Cardinals, left-handed pitcher with a 3.96 ERA this year. Uh, the Mets are giving Kodai Senga an extra day rest, and I imagine they do that throughout the rest of the season. No reason to push Senga. Um, you know, let him finish the year strong and, and always pitch with that extra day rest. You know, next year you can go back to trying to get him to pitch on regular rest, but for now it makes sense, and particularly because I guarantee you they're lining him up for Ghost Fork. Um, glow in the dark ball night, which is uh, not this Friday, obviously, but next Friday. We'll talk about the that promotion at more length later because it's against the Angels and Shohei Atani, which I do not think is a coincidence. But if they give him an extra day here, like they did, and they do that again, Sango will start that Friday night blackout night, City Field. You hope to get a big crowd. I'm sure they do that. So you'll see him pitch on Saturday. It's Miles Michaelis, who has a 4.27 ERA this year. And then Carlos Carrasco will go back out there again um, to close out the series on Sunday uh, against Dakota Hudson. So that that's what we got ahead. Mets versus Cardinals. Four games set against two teams that are nowhere close to the playoffs. Biggest disappointments in the National League who are playing more for the lottery balls than uh, you know trying to put W's in the win column and you know, really directly competing in that regard. So Guess it's a win-win series. Either you win the series or you win the lottery stuff. 
Let's take a quick trip around the affiliates. I always got to grab the Binghamton Rumble Ponies hat before we do this one. Um, and you know, let's start there because that's actually the one positive note, I think, of all the games. That's Drew Gilbert. Drew Gilbert had a big, big day today, uh, today, tonight. Jeez, I don't even know. I don't know if they played a day game or a night game. I just looked at the box score. I'm going to be completely honest. So it's what did I just say? Today night. <laughs> today night. Uh, Drew Gilbert went three for five, though, with a double and two runs scored. He has been awesome coming over to the Rumble Ponies. Luis Angel Acuna has not been 0 for 4 with a walk and a run scored. I believe he's hitting below the Mendoza line, a buck 40 and change. Not exactly what you like to see, but I wouldn't get too carried away about that one. Binghamton lost 10 to 7. Tyler Stewart had his second uh, rough start in a row here. If you remember when I was uh, breaking down all of the great pitching the Mets are supposed to have in double A, Stewart was one of these guys that had an unbelievable season up till about a week ago today uh, where he was leading the minor leagues in ERA. He's a huge guy, six foot nine, and just been having a lot of success and then gets knocked around his last time out. And this time only pitches three innings, gives up three earned on three hits and three walks. Did strike out six, though, of the nine outs that he recorded. Uh, let's move down to Brooklyn. Uh, looking at what the Cyclones did today, they lost seven to one. Alex Ramirez and Ryan Clifford, the two prospects, are really paying attention to on Brooklyn right now. Both went 0 for four with two strikeouts apiece. Not a good day there. Finally, Syracuse won seven to three. Quiet day for Brett Beatty and Ronnie Mauricio. Ronnie was uh, 0 for four with a walk and two strikeouts. Beatty one for four with a strikeout. But hey. The team won at least. Well, for all you everydayers on tomorrow's show, we're going to recap whatever happened against Adam Wainwright, and you'll have uh, a lot more Farm Report action. We'll do our Friday Farm Report looking at the Mets minor leagues. I might do the updated top 10. So uh, if you want to check that out, make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan, and follow the show, Locked On Mets.